blessing me. Bless his holy name. Because when I bless him, things will change. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good to see you. Come on in. If you can hear my voice and you're out in the lobby, make your way in and find your seat. It's so good to be back. It's amazing how fast time goes, but it's been three weeks since we've been together, at least in the building. We had a blizzard, and then we had no heat in the building, and then Claudia and I were away. Last week, and you'll hear a little bit more about that later, but it's uh, truly a blessing to be back and to be with all of you. And so we're going to be able to enjoy a lot of things together today. We're going to worship through song, through music in just a moment, and we're going to open God's Word together. We have a lot of new uh, announcements and updates to some old announcements, and uh, we have some testimonies this morning as well, and, and so much that we can do to honor God with our lives and to start our week off right, amen, on Sunday morning. And so uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read from the Scriptures as a call into worship. So I'm going to read from one of the Psalms and then pray. And that'll be, um, that'll be our opportunity 
to, uh, to kind of quiet our hearts, allow the Lord to, to speak to us. You know, it's amazing. Like, we get here on a Sunday morning, and we've all had very different experiences, and some of us just rushed in, some of us were here early, and we're ready to go, and all kinds of things in between, but uh, this is that opportunity now to quiet our hearts before the Lord and uh, to be able to turn our attention to Him where it needs to be. Uh, we come to church not to receive, but to give, to offer ourselves up to Him, as Romans says, as a living sacrifice, as our spiritual act of worship. But in that process, God is so good that He still blesses us even as we have come to bless Him, right? And so here's what it says. Uh, this is a reading from Psalm 92, just the first few verses of Psalm 92, and then I'll pray us into worship. It says in Psalm 92, it's titled, A Psalm, A Song for the Sabbath Day. It is good to praise the Lord and to make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done, and how great are your works, Lord, and how profound your thoughts. Let's pray. Father, your thoughts and your words are so profound. Your ways are not our ways, those profound thoughts are not our thoughts, but God, we are reminded that in your presence that we can have joy above any other kind of joy, that we can truly enjoy being in the presence of the creator of the universe, our creator, the one who your word says loves our souls. So, Father, thank you for the uh, encouraging word and reminder that it is good and right and pleasing to give thanks and praise in this place this morning together. For it is good for our souls, and you are worthy of it all. So, Lord, this time now that we commit to singing songs of worship, God, use it to bring glory to yourself. Father, use it to draw us closer to You. As we sing these familiar words, may they sink deep into our hearts and the truth that they remind us of. And may the music move and stir our spirits as we continue to offer ourselves up to You. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, why don't you stand with me? Let's worship the Lord together.
Hallelujah. It's good and right to praise the Lord together. Amen. Take a moment to say good morning to somebody you didn't see when you walked in. Say good morning in the name of the Lord. Well, again, good morning. Find your way back to your seat. And um, as, you're, uh, as you're standing and you're making your way back to your seat, make sure you grab a, a communion cup. They're on the tables back there. There's a table back there. Make sure you grab one before you sit down. The communion cups are back there. We will end our service this morning around the Lord's table, so make sure you have one of them. And of course, uh, you know, right after our greet one another is when our children make their way down the hall with their teachers. So we ask the Lord's blessing on them this morning. Again, it's good to see everybody. Um, we have a few things to do, more together, but I hope that you were... Uh, you were blessed by worship. It's just so awesome to be able to, to stand together, uh, to hear each other uh, singing, and uh, maybe some of you just watching those around you. And we can be encouraged, right, when we see people around us praising God, because we have freedom in Jesus Christ, and that freedom extends to our worship. And so sometimes we worship just standing still and listening, and other times we're just closing our eyes. We might be raising hands and kind of rocking back and forth, you know, However, the Spirit is moving you, but we, um, we have freedom to worship God, and, and uh, it's good to just get, get lost in that worship and uh, how powerful it is. And so it can also help to prepare us as we open His Word together. And so uh, we'll do that in just a couple of minutes. So we have a lot to get caught up on. Again, it's been a few weeks since we've been together here in the building. Um, just want to say a good morning also to all of our friends and our family that are joining us online. Remember, that's a great tool that we have. You just go right to our website and just click where it says Watch Live, and then you can join in with our service. So it's a great uh, opportunity. If you're traveling, if you're sick, if you're not um, feeling up to, to coming on that morning, if you're not feeling well, it's a, it's a good opportunity to do that so you don't have to, to, to miss our worship and the Word. Um, but I do want to get caught up in, in a bunch of things. We're going to have a, a bit of an extended time of what we call church life to make sure that we are on the same page and then after uh, these announcements we have a couple of testimonies 
from uh, our recent out, uh, outreach a few weeks ago down to, to Delaware. So we have two people that are going to share about their experience there, and then we'll, we'll get into God's Word today, all right? So, um, so here we go. We have a, a lot to, to, uh, to cover and are getting caught up. So the first thing I want to mention is that our Dig Deeper uh, Bible study that was on Wednesday nights has moved uh, officially to Sunday mornings. It's something I've been uh, announcing and mentioning, and then we last few weeks we've kind of been um, out of our normal uh, schedule and routine, and so that started this morning. So we sent the text message out, the emails about that, uh, put on the website, but our Dig Deeper uh, gathering, which was you can come and pray and um, get together with, with like-minded people to, to pray for those in our church that are in need, but our uh, study time has moved to Sunday morning, so from 9.30 until 10.15 every Sunday, there's an opportunity to dig deeper into God's Word. And uh, so you can come in and grab your, your quick uh, breakfast and a cup of coffee and bring it with you down the hall. We meet down, down the hall in Classroom A. We start right at 9.30 and we end right at 10.15, so then you can come and uh, get yourself ready for our worship service, all right? We had a great uh, uh, group out this morning to start. And uh, we're doing a two-week series on the life of Peter, the Apostle Peter. So we started today. So next week, we'll look more about how, what we can learn about ourselves as disciples from Peter. Uh, that will lead us into a, a new series that we have coming up on Sunday mornings. Uh, and then starting on March 6th, though in a couple of weeks, our elder, uh, Bruce Neary, will be teaching uh, a series on the days of creation and about the creation accounts. And so uh, you, you don't want to miss that. And so that's a new opportunity every Sunday morning uh, to get here a little early. And from 9.30 to 10.15, we will meet and dig deeper into God's Word together. Also, uh, another thing to just remind you of, we have our community group that meets on uh, Tuesday evenings. And they're going through um, a series by a teacher, Skip Heitzig, and it's um, called uh, 30,000 Feet. It's like a, the Bible at 30,000 feet. And so it's a, a great bigger picture perspective and view of the whole story of Scripture from beginning to end. And they're now in the Gospels in, in John, I believe. And so uh, it's a great opportunity to get together. And so it's much more than a Bible study. Our community groups are times to get together with a smaller group of, of believers to, uh, to open the Word together, but to do life together, to kind of work it out to, to learn from each other about how you're living out what Scripture teaches, and you can pray together for one another in, in a more, um, say, intimate way and in a personal way, and you can uh, serve together and uh, eat meals together, and so a community group is a great way to get to know people and uh, to grow in your relationship with the Lord. So we have one that meets every Tuesdays, uh, every Tuesday, right, from 7 to 9, uh, currently here at the church. We also have Tuesday morning Bible studies, um, and that's for men and women. And the Tuesday morning studies, it's uh, men from 6.30 to 7.30, and the ladies from 9.30 to 11. We're currently going through the Gospel of Luke. We use a great um, study guide for that. And so another opportunity to come out and study God's Word. And so I uh, uh, would encourage you to take advantage of that. Uh, next Sunday, which is the 27th of February... A couple things going on. First, we have our annual business meeting. It got pushed a couple of times because of everything that was going on, our blizzard and, and not having heat in the building and all that. But next Sunday it is. It's our annual business meeting, and it happens right after our service. 
And uh, everyone is welcome to attend. We, of course, vote every year at the beginning of the year on our annual budget. Hopefully you took a copy of it last week, but there's more copies on our Connection Center. So make sure you take one of those. Everybody's welcome to take one. You can look it over. That's our proposed budget because all uh, members of Trinity uh, get to vote on that. But we do much more than voting on the budget, so you'll hear about, uh, from me about our mission and vision here at Trinity, uh, some exciting new things coming up, especially that um, uh, Discipleship Pathway Initiative, which uh, I kind of gave a teaser about a few weeks ago last month, and you'll hear more about that next Sunday after service at our annual business meeting and about our theme for the year. You'll hear some ministry reports, and so it's, a, it's an important time in the life of the church that we get together, do some business, which is important, and uh, to talk about what it is that we're doing here and why we're doing it, right? So that's next Sunday, right after our service. And then uh, later on uh, that evening, next Sunday, uh, we have an opportunity to serve. And um, basically, what we're doing is we're going to participate in the, uh, the Sunday evening chapel at the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission. It's one of the missions that uh, we partner with here at Trinity, and so we support them not only financially, but through prayer, and then things like this where we can go and uh, serve and be a help. And so actually, for the chapel service, everyone is welcome. Uh, it's actually less actually hands-on service and more of uh, participating in the service. Uh, we're going to be able to, to lead the worship and bring the word, but you can come and just sit and enjoy and get to know some of the men that are part of the, the mission there and part of the program. We've had uh, a few gentlemen at our church go through that program, and so we, uh, we love what they do there. And so here's a good opportunity uh, to just kind of come, and you can sit and, and, uh, and listen and observe and get to know some people, hear some stories, maybe share your story. You never know how God's going to use you. Amen? And so it's a good opportunity. We meet there at 645. The service is from 7 to 8. Is that right? 7 to 8 next Sunday. So have an opportunity uh, to do that. Uh, fellowship lunch. The next luncheon will be on March 6th, um, and uh, today we are having communion, but again, we split them up just because of the timing and some time that we've missed together, but our next luncheon is the first Sunday of March, so uh, you know you need to go home and start thinking about what you're going to make, and I noticed that after I put the slide together, I was like, this is a picture of a salad. And I'm thinking, I don't think anybody's going to come if I'm promoting just salad. So I guarantee you there'll be more than just salad, but there'll be some of that as well. Uh, so March 6th, come on out. And, uh, you know, and we're getting closer to the warmer weather. Do you feel it? A little bit. And so uh, pretty soon, before you know it, we'll be able to start grilling again. But we'll have our potluck on March 6th. Bring a dish to share. Uh, we love to be able to fellowship after service uh, on that day. Um, again, I want to thank everybody for giving. You know, we talk a lot here at church about living generously and being givers. The Bible calls us to give not just our money, but to give of our time and to give of our, our talents and serving one another. But I just want to thank you, and, and on behalf of the leadership, thank you for giving. Thank you for being faithful in the way that you give to the church, including financially. Just encourage you to continue to do that. Um, you can give online at our website and sign up for that. We have our giving boxes here. Don't uh, forget our fellowship fund, which is a fund that the, the deacons oversee to help people that are in financial need in our church. Sometimes people, even from outside of the church, if we discern there's a, a true need there. But um, 
Thank you for everybody that's been giving towards that, but remember that a special fund as well that's separate from our general giving because we use that as needs arise to bless people that are in financial need. And you know what? I think we can look back in our lives and remember times when we've all kind of been there. And so it's a great ministry to have, and it's very biblical. You read in the book of Acts, and you can see Paul and others um, you know, gathering um, ties and all of to, uh, to be able to do that. A few more things. Remember that um, you can get text updates uh, through, uh, through the church, so you just have to go there. I give you permission if you want to do that right now. If you haven't done it, you can just text that word, join Trinity, to that number, 84576. This information is also on the website, but uh, if you don't get them already, you can sign up. That's the quickest and most efficient way to, to get updates on what's going on here in the life of Trinity. But also, we have a prayer email list, so if you're interested in learning about prayer requests and you have requests of your own, please sign up. Just send an email to prayer at trinityallenwood.com and you'll be signed up and you'll get to know what's going on with the life of your, your friends and family here at Trinity and things that we need to be praying for. And, and then it's also beautiful because you get updates and praises, right? And uh, about um, uh, answered prayers. And that's uh, so encouraging. So I would encourage you to sign up for that. Uh, we have uh, a podcast that you remember from a couple of years ago that myself and a couple of, myself and a couple of local pastors um, that we get together and we uh, record this podcast every week, and so I wanted to be able to announce that to you as well, that, um, uh, that our uh, podcast has started up again, and it's called So What, if you remember that, So What, the podcast, and um, so we have started that. So every Thursday, and so there's a slide for that, every Thursday you will see um, a new episode, right? And so um, we record that with myself, Pastor Dave Berkey, and uh, Pastor Mike Morgan of Shiloh Baptist Church in Manasquan, if you've ever been there. They have a brand new facility. It's beautiful. Uh, we get together every Thursday and we record um, a podcast. And so you can simply go to our website, trinityallenwood.com, and you just go to resources and you'll see the podcast. And um, you will see that we have, um, uh, we have uh, I think there's three updated, um, we have three updated uh, podcast episodes that are there. So you can go and listen. They're each about an hour long, and we take uh, we work through a um, a reading of the Bible in a year. We take different passages and we expound on them and share. And so I know many of you have been asking when we're starting that up again. So we did just start up recently, and so that's where you can watch and listen. Just go to our website under resources and podcasts. All right. Uh, we also have what you see up there. It's our um, something that I, I kind of mentioned a few weeks ago, and this is going to be our new initiative for the spring, which you'll hear more about next week. And then in March, we will be launching this new initiative called Discipleship Pathway. And it is not a program, it's not an event, but it is a tool. It is a platform that will become a part of the culture and the DNA here at Trinity that will help us to stay on the path of discipleship together. I wrote a blog about that. Um, this isn't that podcast I was mentioning. This is a blog that I wrote kind of giving you more information. So I encourage you, when you get a chance this week, go to the website. You go to the very bottom of the front page, you'll see the, the blog post there and you can read all about it. It's a little bit more of a detailed introduction uh, about what that's going to mean. I'm very excited about this. Uh, and it's something that we've been developing over the last uh, few months 
uh, started about a year ago, but the last few months kind of putting all the pieces together. And so this will be launched next month in March. We'll do a, a sermon series on that, and you'll see exactly how this will be integrated into the life of Trinity. Because you know, I've always mentioned how we pursue discipleship by learning and growing and serving, right? You hear me say those words all the time. Some of you are like, yeah, you say learn, grow, serve all the time, right? It's how we pursue discipleship, where the, the pathway, the discipleship pathway, will be a, an incredible tool that will enable us to stay together on the path of following Jesus and his way. We can do that together. There will be print material. There will be um, uh, resources online on our website. Uh, and there will be uh, teaching series and Sunday schools that go along with it. Uh, and it will be integrated uh, into the, the whole of what we do here at Trinity. And so I encourage you to go and read the blog on the website, which was just updated yesterday, and you'll get to learn a little bit more about it. Two more quick things. Uh, we do have a new sermon series that begins next week, and that is on First and Second Peter. And so today we're going to have just a, a, a different, um, just sort of a, a one-off message. You'll hear that in just a moment, but... Next uh, week, we start our new sermon series. We like to go through books of the Bible here at Trinity. We're going to go through two books sequentially, First and Second Peter. And you see the, the subtitle of our, uh, of our series, Following Jesus in a Hostile World. Can any of you relate to that? Well, you know, uh, Peter wrote all about that. And you know, um, this morning in our, in our um, Dig Deeper class, we started talking about the life of Peter and how he really is a model disciple for us. Not that we should always do everything that he did and say everything that he said, but a model disciple in that everything that we see that a disciple is called to be and what we're going to experience along the way, you can really see in the life of Peter. And so we want to see what he had to write. And First and Second Peter were letters that he wrote, listen, to Christians that were in exile around the world. They were dispersed and they were suffering intense persecution. And so as we just see things play out in our world, I think it's really appropriate we see what the, the Apostle Peter has to say about living as Christians and following Jesus in a world that is hostile to the gospel. That will begin next Sunday during our Sunday morning worship service. And then finally, uh, we have communion today and we will end our service today as we always do when we have communion we will gather around the lord's table that's why i'd ask you to make sure you have those cups and we will have communion together around the lord's table as we remember his sacrifice for us on our behalf all right and so what i'd like to do now is i want to invite uh gil steidel and angela martin are they here Angela, yes, pretty good. Come on up. And just briefly, they're going to share a few words about their experiences um, going to serve with our missions team a few weeks ago down in, uh, in Delaware. So come on up. We have a mic for them. We have the handheld mic. Thank you. If you can bring that up, I'd appreciate it. I'm sure they could probably hear you without it, but it's good. We want to make sure everybody gets to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> Each get your own mic. Look at that. Okay, Angela, if you go first. Ladies first, thank you. Is it on? Yeah, mm -hmm. I'll put it on for you. Yep. Hello? Yes, you 
to him. Yeah. Um, Andrew asked me to testimony from our visit to Delaware. Um, but uh, I guess basically it's just telling you, you know, what it's like for me to go on those trips. Uh, first, I think um, all of you, I want to thank everyone for all the things that you donated. It wouldn't be possible without the donation of all the things I was there, this is my third trip there, and um, you could say why we go. Well, we go because we want to uh, bless the people with things that they uh, don't have. Uh, when I go there, um, it's a real um, humbling experience because I really have no idea what it's like to be in their position, and I'm, I'm grateful and I'm humbled by, by that fact. Um, so I'm there and I'm in amazement at the things that they need and that they don't have. Um, I was praying um, before we went on the trip um, just for, you know, the provision and for safety. And, uh, and, and I was praying that the Lord would give us, you know, a good day, good weather, not so cold. And as I was praying that, I was realizing that, you know, mo most of the reason we're there were to bring coats because these people, for a majority of them, some of them do have places to stay, but majority of them are homeless. And I thought, how horrible of me to think that I need a warm day to bring coats to people who are out in the cold all the time. So it certainly brought conviction, conviction to my heart, and yet the Lord was still so gracious that we had a beautiful day. We had a wonderful ride down. I think that the fellowship with our other church um, you know, members and believers is just a wonderful part of the trip. Um, but just to be able to provide and be the hands and feet of Jesus is what makes it most important to me. And it's a really great thing that, you know, we all take part in a different as aspect of that outreach. Um, and I guess I just have two scriptures that motivate me. One is from Matthew 25:40, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And the other one is from Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Thanks, Angela. And I just want to, <clears throat> excuse me, echo the, um, what Angela said about, oh, yeah, I do. It was just such a, an honor and a privilege to, to work with this group that went over to Delaware and to serve in, in Jesus' name and bring light um, to a place that doesn't have much. It, it was my first trip there. And what my takeaway was, um, Andrew said, yeah, we're going to go be under an overpass and hand out jackets and, and pray with people um, who need prayer. It was really an oppressive area for me uh, to, to be in. Um, you know, I'm like, Angela, I've never been homeless or anything by the grace of God. And you know, I just think... Mark chapter 4 comes to mind where Jesus is, is um, saying what the kingdom of God's like. And he says it's like a farmer throwing seeds out. He doesn't, and he goes to sleep at night, but the seeds still germinate and grow while he's sleeping. He doesn't do it. God does that. So we were out there casting seeds of hope and bringing Jesus to people who need to hear the gospel. And, you know, maybe just give them a little bit of hope. Um, the blessing bags are great. Um, thank you for providing um, jackets and uh, everything that went into those hygiene kits. Um, the people need them. So just encourage you, challenge you. Uh, if you haven't been on uh, a mission, local mission trip or a, 
a, a global mission trip, um, think about it, pray about it, and uh, see what God does. Thanks. Thank you for, for sharing that. You know, it's good to hear from people when they, they have an opportunity to go and serve and, and oftentimes step out of their comfort zone. You know, it's, we say that and we kind of get a chill, right? Stay, step out of our comfort zone. There's a reason because we, we call it a comfort zone for, for a reason, right? Because we like it and, and it's what we know. But to go and to serve and to be where the people are that are in need it's a big part of what we're called to do by Jesus, isn't it? And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's actually what we're going to talk about this morning. And so um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to turn our attention to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. And uh, the scripture will be up on the screen for you, it's, uh, but you can turn to it in your, uh, in your Bibles. It's Matthew five thirteen. And it's just one verse, that's our goal for today, is to look at one verse and see what Jesus has to say to us this morning about being the salt of the earth. Matthew 5.13 is part of a greater uh, message that Jesus gives that's called the, the Sermon on the Mount, and um, he had just finished going through what we call the Beatitudes or the Blessings, the beginning of Matthew 5. And Jesus is teaching his followers what it looks like to be a disciple, specifically what it will look like in the coming kingdom. But until Christ returns and establishes his kingdom on the earth, he says these are the marks of a disciple. This is how we should be living out our life as Christ followers. And so again, this is a, a part of a larger teaching of Jesus on this idea of being a follower. And he says something quite peculiar. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Now, you know, sometimes we read the words of Jesus, they're really easy to understand, and they, they, they're so life-giving, and they feel so good and, and hopeful and encouraging, right? And then there's, off, there's other times when Jesus says some hard things to understand, doesn't he? And he says things like, you know, well, if salt loses its saltiness, it's not good for anything except to just kind of walk over and do nothing. And Jesus is teaching his disciples about how to be his followers. And so you can just imagine the, the hearers of his word when he was speaking this, just listening like, is he talking about us? I mean, are we like salt that's lost its saltiness? Has anyone ever accused you of being salty? And I'm guessing if you're laughing, the answer is yes. What does it mean for us today when somebody says, you're being a little salty today? What does that mean? Like, what does that convey? Well, that conveys that maybe you're being a little bit more bitter, a little more cutting in your, your sarcasm, in the way that you are acting towards somebody, just a little more on edge, a little bigger, a, a little bigger chip on your shoulder. And, 
Hey, boy, you're being kind of salty today, having a bit of an attitude, right? And I think we know, and, and I love that when I see the heads going like this, like, yeah, you know, uh, but uh, don't look next, don't look at your spouse, don't do that. We don't want that to be, yeah, be some great conversations on the way home from church today. But yeah, we might say, you know, to somebody, you're being salty, and, and it has a negative connotation today, right? Well, here's what I want us to look at simply in our, in our time remaining together this morning. You know, in a biblical way, we are to be salty. We are to be more salty than we are today. But again, in a good way. So we're going to see what Jesus means by that. You know, it's interesting, just give you some, some ideas of, of, of salt once in a while, just kind of like to, to look up and see what it is we're talking about, you know, what's kind of the the history and understanding throughout the, the centuries of, of uh, salt and some, some interesting facts for us to kind of get a perspective. We all know what salt is. We all know that we, we love salt. We like to put it on our food because food that is bland, we put salt on it and it makes it taste better. So salt is something that comes out of the earth. It's a mineral. It comes out of the earth. It's actually a rock. It's like the only rock that people consume on a regular basis. We eat rock, right? And we put it on food to make it taste better. So it's got some kind of property that brings out flavor or adds flavor. So this morning I simply want to look at three things about salt that I think Jesus is teaching us in, in this, this hard saying. One is that we are valuable, because salt has a great value. Two is that we are to be preservers of truth and righteousness as disciples, because salt is used as a preservative. And three, we are to bring flavor to the gospel, because salt brings out flavor. We'll just look briefly at how we do these three things. That we bring value, and we bring flavor, and we bring preservation. Things that salt does. Here's a few interesting things about salt. First of all, and I didn't even know this, but back in the day, especially in Jesus' day, in the Roman culture, salt was used as money. Before there was like any other kind of currency, it was used as a, a mode of uh, currency. Because salt was looked at as so highly valuable. Even the Romans, they said the sun is valuable and salt is next in line. Salt was extremely valuable. Roman soldiers were often paid in salt. We have the word salary today. When you go to work for some place and they say, here's your salary, right? That word salary comes from the root word where we get salt, S-A-L, salt from salt, because the Romans were paid in salt. Salt has great value. Also that phrase, somebody not being worth his salt, comes from that, being able to be paid in salt. But salt also had a great symbolic value. There was a covenant of salt, or was in this passage being called salt of the earth. So salt was symbolic of something that was important and highly valued. Sea salt we often use in our cooking actually isn't really much healthier than regular salt. It's got about the same amount of sodium, about 40% sodium, than Regular salt, but it sounds kind of good, right? Oh, this recipe calls for sea salt. Gotta go get sea salt. 
I got a big thing of sea salt in my cabinet, sitting right next to my other salt. I don't think I've ever reached for the sea salt. But it's okay. But it's good, but it really doesn't have much more value than the other salt. Still, we need salt, at least some of it. Salt helps to transport nutrients and oxygen in our bodies. It allows nerves to transmit messages. It helps our muscles work. You know, like when you're working out and you're sweating, you need to get a little bit more salt, right, so that you can replenish that. Uh, the average adult body contains about 250 grams of sodium at any given time. That's the equivalent of about four shakers of salt, about how much you got flowing in you, in you, right? And so we know that we need salt to live. We love to put it on our food and we do all kinds of things with salt. It's important for life. We need it to live. I think every cell in the body has like salt in it. Don't think about that. You know, it's also interesting, last quick fun fact. The vast majority of salt that we use in this country is not what we put on our food. You know what it's used for? On the roads. Almost half, about 45% of all the salt that we use in this country is what goes down on the road, like rock salt to melt out the ice. It's only about 6 or 7% of salt that is used in agriculture or for putting on food. Now, some of us, the way we use salt, we wouldn't think that that would be the case, right? We love to use that salt. We know it's one of those things that need to stay regulated in our body. But salt has great value. But it's, Jesus is teaching us something here. When he says, you are the salt of the earth. Now, of course, we understand what salt is. The original hearers would have, understand the na- would have understood the nature of salt the purposes of salt, and Jesus likens them and likens us today to salt of the earth. Then he gives a warning. He says, but if salt has lost its taste, how can the saltiness be restored? That look like? Because then it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown down and melt the ice and people to walk all over it. And we're going to kind of end with that part of what that looks like. We always end with a word of hope, though. So we'll see that Jesus is teaching us something highly important about the life of a disciple, that we are to be the salt of the earth. Now, you know, the next verse that we're not looking at this morning, he says you are to be the light of the world, right? They often go together, the salt and the light. We are to be salt and light in this world. But for this morning, just look at this idea of being salt. First, what does it tell us? That if we are to be the salt of the earth, and Jesus is teaching this in his great sermon, right? He says, you're to be the salt of the earth. He says, you are valuable. He's saying, I need you in this world. Now, of course, God doesn't need us. But he's saying, in order for his will, what he desires, his heart to be worked out in this world, until he returns, he says, I need you to be salt. Because you are highly valuable. Wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, you are highly valuable. We are valued by God and Jesus values us because he uses us in this world. He says he's coming coming back for us. We don't know when. But he's going to return for us. But he says, until I come back for you, 
I want you to be salt. Because you are the salt of the earth. And you are highly valuable. We don't want to get to heaven and hear Jesus say, boy, not worth his salt. What do we want to hear Jesus say? Well done, good and faithful servant. So we are valuable. Salt was, was considered a mark of friendship. It was part of that symbolic idea that two people would share salt and it meant that they were bound together as friends and looking after each other. So part of our value is our relationship with each other. Because the church is called in the Scriptures the body of Christ. So just as our physical bodies need sodium, need salt to survive and everything to be flowing and moving properly and regulated right, we need to be using our spiritual gifts, blessing others with our talents, our time, our treasure, as we say, so that we can be living for Christ. So we can be that living body, not limping along, but not just not just um, surviving, but thriving, see? Because we are valuable in God's economy. Just as salt was used as a currency, God has desired that we as the church, individuals, but together as the body, being the salt of the earth, making sure that the body is healthy and strong, that He is using us to bless the world. Because we are valuable. So therefore, Christ calls us to be the salt of the earth. The original hearers would have understood that. Because salt is so valuable. There have been wars throughout history fought over salt. Number two, he says to be salt of the earth, and it means not only are we valuable, but we as the church are to preserve society from moral Decay. We don't often think about that aspect, but follow me here. Salt is valuable. So Jesus says you're the salt of the earth. You have great value is what I've called you to do. You are my church, my bride, the body of Christ. But he also is saying that salt as a preservative means that we are preserving something in this world. Well, what is it that we represent that we are preserving? You know, back in, back in the day before refrigeration, how would people preserve meat so that it wouldn't go bad? They would use salt, right? Because salt would keep the meat fresh and keep it from rotting. You see, if you were to read Romans 1, you would see Paul's treatise on the moral decay in the world. And we're talking the whole world, not just focusing on our society and our culture and our country, we're talking a worldwide issue, a worldwide disease called sin. You see, sin is a degenerative disease. Sin doesn't get better on its own. From the day in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned, we call that the fall, the world has been deteriorating. So God sends a flood with salty water, by the way, and after that, we have eight people that begin anew with Noah's wife and his three boys and their wives, and they start all over. But you know what? Sin is still present, and sin causes decay. Are you with me? I mean, when's the last time you went to the doctor? You go to the doctor because sin causes decay. 
because our bodies, right, we are subject to the sinful nature. And so this world will continue to decay. But see, that sounds so like doom and gloom and it sounds so terrible. It's what Scripture teaches us. But we also know that Christ's goal, His desire, His plan for bringing hope and life to this world is now through the church. Why? Because one of the things we can do is preserve the truth of the Gospel. You say amen to that? Who else is in the world sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and life in Him and salvation in Him alone but the church? That's what we are called to do. We represent Him as His ambassadors. So Jesus says it this way in Matthew 5.13, You are the salt of the earth. You're valuable, but you, your presence in this world will help preserve a modicum of righteousness and holiness and morality. Now we can get into a whole discussion about what that looks like. Are we to impress that upon our government and our leaders and, and our culture? But for the, our context today and what Jesus is teaching, remember this, if nothing else, that our presence in this world is a preserving presence because we know the truth and we represent the truth that brings life. Because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes back to the Father except through Him. So we as Jesus followers are a preserving influence on in this world. Before I look at the third point, think about it this way as well. Who is it that indwells every believer? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a ministry through us, but also, the Holy Spirit has one ministry to the unbelieving world, and that is convicting them of sin, that they need to turn to Jesus Christ. But see, the Holy Spirit has a restraining ministry in this world. Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, things are not as bad as they could be. It's part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in this world, in this age in which we live. But where does the Holy Spirit dwell within us? Once the Lord Jesus comes back for us, His church, the restraining ministry of the Holy Spirit comes with us. Then we see all the chaos that, can, that comes after that. But see, I don't think we understand enough, church, the importance of being the body of Christ and being the salt of the earth. Jesus, of course, never said anything flippantly. So when he says you're the salt of the earth, he's not trying to just make some you know, clever little quip about what he wants his disciples to be. He's saying you are salt, you're valuable, and you are helping to preserve my way of life in this world. That is by living according to the Holy Spirit, seeking righteousness and holiness, and a morality that is based on the standards of God, not our own standards, but God's standards. Remember, God defines the terms. God defines morality. God defines life. God defines gender. God defines everything that he creates. Is that not true? Right? And so again, we as salt of the earth, as Christians, as a church, as disciples, have a preserving presence in this world. We are to take that seriously. It should be a joy to be the salt of the earth. 
remember too that as we influence others, as we get involved in leadership opportunities, as we just get to know people and have friendships with believers and unbelievers, we have a preserving presence because we are the salt of the earth. And then finally, not only that, but we are the salt of the earth because we are to bring flavor and create a thirst for Jesus Christ. So we put salt on something. It makes us thirsty, doesn't it? Salt makes us thirsty. We drink the water. Who is the living water? Jesus Christ. He told the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, he said, you drink this water, I bring a water that when people drink it, they'll never thirst again. Salt brings out flavor. But here's something interesting. Salt in and of itself really does no good. You have to add the salt to the environment that needs to be changed. Do you see that? So if you're just sitting at home doing nothing, if you've just become a believer and never growing in your faith, and never learning more, and never serving, then unfortunately you fall into that category that Jesus says you're going to lose your saltiness. Now it's interesting, salt actually can't become not salt. It's always salt. It's always salty. But here's what's interesting. When you mix salt with other minerals or other materials, it then loses its ability, and it loses its power, it loses its ability to be the salt it was meant to be. You see, so when Jesus said that, when he says, but if salt has lost its taste, how can it be restored? It's no longer good for anything. When they would gather salt in the ancient world, if it was mixed or tainted by anything else, then they couldn't use it for what they needed. They couldn't add it to their fertilizer. They couldn't add it to their food. It was good for nothing. So all they could do is throw it down and people would walk on it. Kind of like when Scripture tells us that a little bit of yeast leavens the whole batch, right? In that sense, yeast isn't a good thing. Add a little bit and it taints it all. But he's saying, you know what? Make sure you're keeping yourself preserved because you are to be flavorful to the world. You know, we are to produce the, spirit, the Spirit's fruit in us as we're obedient Fruit is to be attractive, right, and juicy and sweet. The same thing, the same principle with salt. We are to go where the salt is needed. We can't just be salt sitting alone doing nothing because then we're not good for anything. We are to be the salt where the salt is needed, to be added to the food that needs the flavor. It means we go down to Delaware under the, uh, the overpass and we help people that are in need, people we might not ever truly associate with. But you see, we are to be salt where there needs to be flavor. See? And then also, finally, we are flavorful, bringing out the flavor. We are to represent Christ in a way that makes Jesus attractive to others. Right? Jesus is the one who saves. We don't do the saving. We plant the seed, but Jesus is saying you're the salt of the earth. So live your life, now that you know the truth, live your life in a way that people will see you and say, I want to know what you have. Why are you different? Why are you always joyful? 
even in the difficult circumstances? Why are you praising God and being thankful all the time when everything is going wrong in your life? What is it that's different about you? That's us being salt, making people thirsty for the truth. And then what we do is we offer them not just any water, but we offer them the living water, Jesus Christ, so they will never thirst again. The church, as the salt of the earth, we are valuable. And we have a preserving presence in in righteousness and holiness and morality as God defines it in this world. But also we are to add flavor. And I, I, I can tell you, many of you add a lot of spicy flavor to any room you walk into. But that's good. We are to bring flavor, right? The way that we live it out. Because we want people to see something of Jesus in us, don't we? Again, so we can introduce them to the living water that never, uh, where we can never grow thirsty again. So, we need to remain with each other. He says, you are the salt of the earth, not only individually, but together as the body. Stay together to continue to be reminded, yes, we are the salt. Yes, I'm valuable. Yes, my presence in this world makes a difference. You know what? God's going to use me to bring flavor to any other person's life to show them what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, uh, before we move into our time of communion, we end our time together today taking the bread and the cup. We'll do that in a moment. Um, 97% of the water on planet Earth, salt water. You ever try to drink salt water? We went away on vacation recently, you know that, and we were down in South Carolina, sitting there on the beach, and I remember being thirsty. I forgot to bring my water bottle. I'm looking out at this ocean of water. Can't drink a drop of it. About 2% of the world's water that is fresh water that we use to drink from. That's amazing. Salt water is seven times more salty than we can even digest. Yet, we are called to be salt because salt is necessary. But let's not be like the ocean water and be a little too salty. You know what I mean? But in a biblical way, let's be more salty. More salty. Let's recognize our value and live it out. And let's be that preserving presence in the way that we live our lives. And let's bring that flavor. Let's bring it out where it's because this world needs some flavor. It needs the gospel, doesn't it? It needs to know about the living water. People don't even know it. They are dying of thirst. They will die of thirst. They are never introduced. They never believe that living water, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hopefully you have one of your communion cups. And I just want to lead us in this as we conclude our time together. You know, you'll hear the music playing. And what I want you to do is take the opportunity, just for a moment or two, a minute or two, to just sit quietly and reflect on the Word of God that you heard this morning. Reflect on what it is that God is saying to you about your relationship with Him. The Scripture tells us that 
we are to examine ourselves before we take address that yet, or that you have some kind of issue with God you have not yet confessed. So take a few moments in, in just quiet reflection as you hear the music play. Reflect on what it is that God has called you to do. And remember, Matthew, Jesus tells us that we can come to him if we are burdened or weary. He will give us rest for our souls. Maybe you need rest. You need rest for your soul. What we are remembering now is an incredible truth that we don't have to blood in giving his body for us. So take a few moments to reflect on that wonderful truth. gathered with his closest friends, gathered in that upper room, celebrated the last Passover supper he took with them. During that time, he took a loaf of bread and he broke it, gave thanks, and he said to them, he said, this is my body given for you, so do this in remembrance of me. Jesus was showing them how to remember what he was about to do for them, give himself up. So let's take and eat together in remembrance of his sacrifice on our behalf. And in the same way, after supper, Jesus took a cup and he took it and he gave thanks and he said, this cup represents a new covenant, his blood. He said, often, as often as you drink the cup, do it in remembrance of me. So let's drink of the cup together in remembrance of his shed blood that covers our sins in the sight of a holy God. But he also says to do it until he returns. Let's do this together.
Would you stand together with me as we close in prayer? Our gracious and heavenly Father, you have revealed yourself to us in your word. The written word we have is the Bible and the living word in Jesus Christ. Above all things in this life, on heaven or on earth, we thank you for him. We thank you that we have the promise of new life in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the simplicity of the gospel, Father. The good news that all we need do is believe in the Lord Jesus for salvation. And we are saved. That we believe he is who he says he is, God himself. And that he did what he said he was going to do. Die on the cross, rise again to life on the third day. And he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Father, we thank you for the simplicity of that good news. That if we simply believe in the Lord Jesus, that we are saved. God, we thank you for that. Lord Jesus, we have remembered together your sacrifice on our behalf, your body and your blood. Lord, you told us to remember because we are forgetful people. Help us to remember, Lord God, until we, rem- until we meet again, what it cost you. Lord, it cost you everything. But it cost us nothing. We are to simply reach out and say thank you and receive by faith that gift of salvation, for we are saved by grace through faith. Thank you, God, that it's not of our own works and that we can rest and our souls can find rest in you, Lord God. Father, help us to leave this place and to be salt of the earth. Lord God, to remember our value in your plan until you return, to remember the preserving presence we are and the way that we live and represent your truth, Father God, and Help us, Lord, to bring that flavor of the truth of the gospel, the life-giving truth, wherever we go. And we pray in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go in peace and be the salt of the earth.